Well, we are starting a new series called Right on the Money. And uh, I want to let you know that as a church, we have to get it right on the money. We have to get this right. It's such a big area. We have to get this area right. And uh, I love it when I share with people that we're starting a series on money. People will sometimes see me out in the community and they'll ask me like, hey, what's this series about? Or they'll comment on previous series. Um, A lot of people this last week were like, hey, love is greater than lust. Great series. Liked it. Really enjoyed it. Um, And then they'd say like, what's the next one? I'd say, next one, we're talking about money. And I get different response, you know, like usually with money, it's kind of like people are either like, oh, that's awesome. Great. Can't wait. Or they're like, oh, really? And then they check their app. Like, am I gone? Am I, you know, the town or, you know, I, I, when I'd say it was dreams, I'd say, like, hey, we're, I'm preaching on dreams. People are like, oh, dreams. I've got a good one. I'm like, tell your campus pastor. You know what I mean? So, but I, I, this one is on money, and we've got to get this right. It's a big issue. We have messed it up so much. People are just messed up with money, and I'm praying that we can offer the help that you need so that we can get this right. Um, we have wrong priorities. We're in trouble with that. We have wrong spending People are in trouble with that. Uh, And I want to let you know about a great resource. It's one of our core groups, Financial Peace University. We teach that at River Valley to help you to understand everything from insurance to purchase and home purchases and handling your money and investment and saving. We want to help you to get that area so that your spending is brought into control and you're not spending more than you make and you get that in alignment. And it's one of our core groups that's at every one of our campuses. Um, If you missed the sign up, I I would be excited if more people would want to even just start some maybe in this series. So we want to get that right. We have wrong info. People have wrong info about money and about even what the Bible says about money. And so every year we talk about this. It's too big of an area to not talk about it. And uh, if you want, I I try to change it every year. Uh, You'll go back to the previous year and the previous year you can look at different sermons on giving and money and and tithing and whatnot. But uh, we're just trying to help you because we have to be right on the money. Now, one of the things that I've studied about our church Um, First of all, we are way above average. We have way more people tithing than the average church. The average church would have 10 to 20 percent of their congregation tithing. We have more than that. And I I just want to give you some broad um, observations that I've had over the years. Okay, when it comes to talking about money and when it comes to talking about tithing and giving 10 percent to the Lord and being able to do that, being a tither, I would say that there's about 20% of our church that has been doing it for a long time. You've been doing it for a long time. Maybe even before you came to River Valley Church, you were a tither, but you have years and years of history of giving. There's about 20% of the church. There's about 10 to 15%. So somewhere about 10 to 15 more are new to tithing in the last couple years, and you're on this adventure, and you are excited about it. You took the step of faith, and combined, you make about 30 to 35% of our church that tithes and says, we're going to give 10% of everything we make to the local church to fuel the kingdom of God and to move it forward. So it's about 35%, and, and our church is moving forward. Um, we have about 50%, though, 50% of our church that is not tithing, and they know, they've heard messages, they've been here for a while, and you say, I've been here for several years, and uh, in that 50% of the church that does not tithe, they, they would give, they would give a certain amount, but it wouldn't be a tithe. And uh, some of them are sad, 
Some of them are afraid, and uh, some of those are mad. I know because I've talked to all the different groups. There are some people that are sad. They want to be a tither. They want to do that, but maybe one spouse will not allow the other spouse, spouse to be a tither. And so they're sad about it. I, I will get people to call and they'll email and they'll say, I want to, I can't, I'm trying to convince my spouse, trying to do this. So there's some. There are some that are afraid. And I would say there's a bulk of people that are like, I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to step out. I'm afraid to do this. I'm just, uh, I've just got to, I'm afraid. And so they're just like standing at the edge of a pool, like wanting to jump in, but they're just afraid to jump in. And they're like, oh, I want, and, they're, and, and if that's you, I'm praying that in this series, you'll break free from that fear and you'll jump in. You'll jump in. You can trust God. You can trust him 100%. Uh, I was at a church the other day and they were actually preaching on tithing. I'm on, you know, vacation and I, I'm there and they were preaching on tithing. And, and the pastor got up. He said, for all of you that have never tithed and you're afraid, he said, I've got good news for you. I talked to our biggest giver. And if you tithe, he's going to guarantee it this year. And if you have any need at the end of the year, he will take care of you. So you don't even need to worry. You could jump. And I'm like, how did he do that? And he's like, so God, as our biggest giver, is going to take care of you. I was like... Uh-huh. All right. But don't be afraid. Jump in. You could trust God. I'm telling you. And then there are people that are mad. You say, there really are people that are mad? Oh, yes. I once had a guy say, I want to schedule a meeting with you to talk about tithing and giving and everything. I said, well, okay. How long do you think you're going to need? He goes, two hours. <laughs> and we actually talked for two hours. Never again. All right. Uh, I'm just sad and then afraid and then mad. And, and if you're mad, I'm praying that you'll understand at the end of this message, that that's the wrong place to be. And then there's 20%. This all adds up to 100%. There's 20% or so, 15 to 20% that are saying, I, I don't know this. I didn't know this. This is new to me. Maybe you missed last year's sermon series. Maybe you're new to the church. We grow by about 10 to 18% every year as a church. So there's a bunch of people that are like, I never knew that. I had never heard that before. And so if you're in that category, I'm praying you'll jump in and join those people that have seen the blessings of God as they say, God, it's yours. We honor you with that tithe and we're going to do this. Now, this area of money and stewardship is too important. This really is a, a, a heart issue. And I want you to know that I could guarantee you we are not doing this because we're saying church needs the money and we're struggling. We're not in that position. It's actually the weekend of the annual business meeting and everyone should be able to get one of these. Every family should be able to get this, just a, an overview of the report. And I want to just point out that when you look at our income and our expenses, um, our income exceeded our expenses by almost $1.3 million, okay? So that is an incredible year. You could see that we are stewarding and managing the money well. And so that's a great, so we're not in a position saying, hey, we need it. God's taking care of us. I just, if I, well, I have it. Um, we had 6,846 people say yes to Jesus. That's just incredible. 284 missionaries that we support every month with a minimum of $100. That's just amazing. Um, Kingdom Builders on the back, we 6.59 million over the 10%, the tithe that was given for Kingdom Builders and 3,558 families or individuals gave something to King Builders. That's just amazing. So it, we're not doing this because we need your money and we're not gonna pressure you. 
We're not going to, I want you to live in obedience. I understand what God does when you live in obedience, but nobody pressures you. Nobody chases you down. Um, but we are giving you the truth here and we're not going to pressure you. One person, when I said uh, this last week, hey, I'm preaching on giving, they're like, are you, you know, just make sure you're not pressuring like the United Way. And I said, what do you mean? And United Way does good. Okay, I'm not saying they don't. But they said at work, they're kind of like, hey, everybody's giving this year. Everybody's giving. Every, and, they, and they just said, you walk around like, oh. And I, again, they do a lot of good. But you don't feel that at church. We're like, we just want you to follow God's word. And we want you to be obedient to it. And 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I'm praying that you will grab hold of this and your heart will be changed in this series and you'll want to jump in, you'll want to trust God, you'll want to see not what's the minimum, but how much more can I give to God and how much more can I do. There's so much that's said in the Bible about money. There's over 2,000 verses. It talks about budgeting, contentment, debt, giving, greed, idolatry, work, riches, savings, interest, taxes, the poor, stewardship. It talks about all that. And today I want to focus on that word, being a steward or stewardship. That's an important word, and I haven't preached on it in a long time, and I want you to understand that the Bible is very clear that we are stewards, that we are to be good stewards of everything that God has given to us. And before I go any further, I do have to say this. I, I'm indebted to a guy, Randy Alcorn. Um, he has written so many amazing things about tithing and giving and stewardship. He wrote a book called The Treasure Principle. I try to read this book every year. Uh, he also wrote one, Money, Possessions, and Eternity. I, I try to cycle through this one every couple of years. And I'm going to use a lot of his material. This guy is just incredible when it comes to money and stewardship and all this. But the word steward, the word stewardship, the word is we are to be faithful stewards, okay? Now, I don't know where this word fell out of favor, but in this world, when you bring up the word stewardship, it just feels like, what are, we, are we in some campaign for something? You need us to be good steward. Where, where are we going with it? Because a lot of people and a lot of churches will say, we're having a stewardship campaign. We're having a stewardship campaign, and they're raising money for a building, and so it, it kind of fell out of a biblical term and it became stewardship to raise money for buildings. And that's not what it is. We're not trying to have a slogan to raise money. We're not doing that. I'll define what steward means. A steward is someone entrusted with another's wealth or property and charged with the responsibility of managing it, managing it in the owner's best interest. Or simply, someone an owner and trust with the management of his assets. So you and I are stewards of everything that God has given to us. He has given it to us and he entrusts it to us. And we are responsible to manage it. We are responsible to show a good return on it. And stewardship is not an elective. And that's the thing that bothers me when people are like, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to follow through. I'm mad about this. It's not an elective. You don't say, well, I'll opt out of that. This is something that's too important. Stewardship, when you get this right, all of a sudden you start to mature as a follower of Jesus Christ. Things start to fall into place. There's no maturity without stewardship. They just go together. Pastor Tim Keller said this, there can be no significant spiritual growth unless you put money and your attitude toward it into God's hands. 
It's just too big and too pivotal of an issue. And he's saying, God is saying, if you've given your life to me, he's like, I'm going to talk to you about this area. We're going to have to be right on the money. This is a part of this. It's just something that we have to get right. And I want you to understand this statement and this point. And if you forget everything else from the sermon, please remember this. God owns everything. And we are simply the managers. God owns everything. And we are the money managers, the talent managers, the time managers. He owns everything. And we are simply the managers. I mean, you'll search the Bible through and you can't find anything. It's like, you're, it's, you're, it's all yours. You're in charge. It's, all, it's, it's God's that he's given to us. Even when you start in Genesis, the earth is the Lord's. And it's like, he's like, okay, Adam and Eve, I'm entrusting this to you now. I'm delegating authority to you. I'm giving you this. Now take care of it. It's mine. Take care of it. Of course, we know they messed it up. But I'll just give you a few scriptures here. Again, that just, it's, it's all throughout the Bible that it all belongs to God. Everything is his. And we are so arrogant. We are so arrogant, like we're in charge and it's our money and it's our stuff. And, and we're doing God a favor. Okay, it really is his. And in Psalm 24, 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, it's God's. In Haggai uh, 2, verse 8, it says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Deuteronomy 8, 18, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. 1 Chronicles 29, 12, Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. It's all. It's all. Everything we have, it's been entrusted to us. And he's saying, I'm entrusting this to you. I'm not really giving. I'm entrusting this to you. And you are to take care of it. And when I give things to you and you're to be uh, the manager of it and you're taking care of it, I'm going to want you to get it to the proper destination. I want you to use it in the right way. When I give this to you and I entrust this to you, you're supposed to take care of it, and I'm going to want you to get it from point A to point B. And I thought about this. I mean, I've got a few illustrations in this sermon today. If I had something important that I wanted to be sent to a friend, and I FedEx something, matter of fact, uh, this last week I forgot all my medicines, you know, for my heart, and I'm still doing a few things for my heart, and I'm doing great, but I like to take my medicine. I forgot it, so I called my assistant, and I was like, go to the house, go to the kitchen, get the pill thing, and send it to me, and, you know, how many, it's got the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because how many know you just forget, you know, anyway, so he FedExed it to me. He FedExed it, all right, so he went and got it and FedExed it. How, how many know I'd be upset if he did that work, gave it to the FedEx person, and the FedEx person then went and took it home with him? I just had the package there. I'm like, Where, where's my medicine? Where's my medicine? Where is it? And we tracked it down and we went to the FedEx person's house and we got there and they had piles of FedEx packages and, and they're like, well, I just wanted to keep them. 
Like, you don't understand your job. You get paid to bring it from there to there. You were just managing the package. You weren't meant to keep this. You, 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 you were just the middle guy or the middle gal. You were just getting it there. And I probably would have had a heart attack and have been bad. And, you know, uh, so anyways, but you get the point. God's like, I've given you this and I want you to get it to where it needs to go. You are taking care of it. And, and I want you to understand it's more than just money. Money's a big part of it because that's something that we struggle with. This generation today is more than willing to give time. But they, when it comes to money, they're like, oh, but see, we, when we think of stewardship, we think of the little bucket. And we think, you know, this is stewardship. It's only money. But um, God, when he talks about stewardship, he's saying it's a big bucket. It's a big bucket. Now, I just want you to know, Minatrista has been having such good offerings, they had to go to this size bucket. So <laughs> other campuses have to catch up. But yeah. This is stewardship. I'm in the bucket. Everything I have goes in the bucket. It's there. It's not just the little bucket. It's the big bucket. My time, my treasures, my talent, my assets, my giftings are in the bucket. And that's, that's stewardship. And God's like, do you understand? When you said yes to me, you got in the bucket. And you're like, I didn't know that. You do now. You got in the bucket. Matter of fact, I'm thinking about this. Like, I'm going to put down the little bucket. I kind of like preaching in the bucket. I'm like, all right. When you got in, the, you gave your life to Jesus Christ. You said, I'm all in. I am in the bucket. Everything I have is yours, Lord. And if you've not done this, you need to do this. Water baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. It's saying, I got in the bucket. And we have baptism. We should have had a baptismal bucket up here. I could have done that. But when you get in there, okay, let me just illustrate that. You get in there and you say, this is the water. And you're standing there and you're saying, I used to live for myself. Then I died to myself. I said yes to Jesus. And now I live new. You've got everything, Lord. I got in the water. I got into you. I, everything I have is yours. It's all yours. Everything I own is yours. That's the way you live as a follower of Jesus Christ. I am in the bucket. You know, you say, well, it's my house. No, it's his house. And he wants you to host a life group in it. You say, that's my truck. You know, I, ever since we started the church, I have owned a truck, okay, because we hauled trailer and we had the portable church equipment and I've owned a truck ever since the very beginning. Had to have a truck, okay? And, and I, I say this and I really, I'm like, it's God's truck. It's God's truck. The youth group has used it, kids ministry. They've used it for campuses. They use it for the inflatables. They, I say, it's God's truck, but I let them know he doesn't like you to eat or drink in it. It's God's truck. <laughs> Okay, it's his. It's his. Okay, let me get really. Okay, you say these are my kids. They're really God's children. They entrusted to you. I've, I've had a family or two come in and say, I'm not sending my kid to Egypt or Cairo, to Tanzania. Or I don't want to send. They're my kids. And why did God? Have, they're his kids. You got in the bucket. You got in the bucket. That's stewardship. Everything, God, is yours. I give you a return for this. I, I, I say, God, what do you want from me? I give, it, it, it's yours. I will live my life in the bucket. What's interesting, little bucket big. Okay, I'm going back here again. All right, little bucket big. Next week, we're talking about tithing. When you give 10%, 
When you give 10%, that's symbolic that you are living in the bucket, okay? You're saying it's all yours. And so you're saying, God, it's a step of faith. And you really, it's all yours. And now I'm giving you the 10% because I live my life in the bucket, okay? And so it's a step of faith. And, and it represents that I'm all the way in the bucket as I put 10% in the bucket. It, there's just so much here. We are living in the bucket. That's the way we live. And the thing that is so dangerous for us when we don't live that way, when we don't understand that we're stewards, that he owns it all and we're just managing it, pride starts to come in. And we start saying, but I worked hard for that. Hey, I've got a great IQ. I am good at sales. I sealed the deal. I did that. I did that. There's an arrogance there and you are not living as a steward. God's like, I gave you air to start with. I keep your heart beating, number two. I mean, and he's, he, he just, you, we're indebted to him. And he's like, everything you have has come from me. And now that you're there, I want you to be a steward of this. I want you to, it's not your car, it's not your house, it's not your fill in the blank. It changes everything. And when you're living in the bucket, you know what happens? Uh, your life changes. Instead of living for the well, well, you know, where like people are like, well, well, nice car. Well, well, look at you achieving. Well, well. Instead of living for the well, well, you start living for the well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. Well done. You did well. You did that. That's what you start living for. It's a whole different thing. And it just, it just changes everything. It changes everything because you realize it's his. It's his, and I'm just giving a good return. I, I, I want to take care of everything that he's entrusted to me, okay? Um, I had this revelation, you know, I, okay, I've been mugged twice, all right? Okay, I've been mugged twice, once in Russia and once in Egan. Watch out, Egan campus, all right, once in Egan. So, Russia was horrible. I was in the subway. I shouldn't have been there. I, you know, was trying to get on this back quicker, and, you know, anyways, I was fine, and uh, Egan goes way back to college days. I was uh, uh, delivering pizza for Domino's, all right? So I was delivering pizza, working my way through college. And I went to this house in Egan. The lights were dark. I was walking up. And all of a sudden, three guys came at me, and they were running at me. And they said, we got a blade. Next thing you know, I'm standing there. Like, they, the pizzas are gone. I'm like, oh, I'm trembling. And, and this is what came out of my mouth. And I was like, hey! I'm in a covenant with God and you just took God's stuff. He's going to get you. You know, I mean, I mean, things that are never said after a mugging, you know. It's almost as bad as did you tell him it was the Lord's chips. You know, what I mean, it's kind of like, it just, it was like, what? You know, but here's the thing. And then when I got done, I was like, okay, well, God's going to get him. That's, that wasn't my stuff. It wasn't my, all right, all right. I just, when you live that way, you say, God, it's all yours. It's all yours. When you lose something, you're like, okay, that's God. When something is taken away, when something, you're like, okay, God, it's yours. I was taking care of it. I want to give a good return. I do want to do the very best, but it's all yours. If he asks something of you, you willingly give it because you're saying it's yours anyways. I was just waiting, Lord, to get it from here to there. And I was just, I was just getting it there for you. Instead of saying like, how much, should I give? You say, how much do I get to keep, Lord? A steward says, how much do I keep? How much do I keep? Because I'm just, I, I want to get whatever you want to get from here to there. How much do I keep? And if we're not asking that, we're really not stewards. We're acting like owners. 
We're not owners, we're stewards. We are taking care of what God has entrusted to us. I mean, some of us, we get to the offering and we act like out of the goodness of our heart, we're going to give God $20. And we're just like, out of the goodness of our heart, there you go, Lord. What do you think of that? Okay. And God's like, it's all mine. It's all mine. And, I, and we, instead we say, God, how much more do you want? How much more can I funnel towards you? Do you want that? Yes, I'll give that. Do you want that? Sure. I have watched people give cars and houses and, and different, I mean, just like, Lord, that's yours. That, it, yep, he asked for it. I gave it because he owns it. It's his. I'm telling you what, there's a joy in this. There's a maturity in this. When you understand he owns it all, it's all his. And whatever he wants, he can have. And thank God for the amount that he allows us to keep. He can ask for as much as... We have families in our church that have downsized. That have just, God said, I want you to downsize your house. And I want you to be able to give more to the kingdom. And then to come into church guess what he asked me to do? Instead, they're some of the happiest people. They're like, we willingly downsized to be able to give more because that's what God asked us. We wanted to get more from there to there because it's all his anyhow. And we wanted to do that. Grab this. God owns everything and we are just the managers. God owns everything and we are just the managers of our time, of our talent, of our treasure, of our assets, of it, we are just, it's really his. And we say ours, we say mine. We better understand it really is his and we are just taking care of it. And I'm praying that we'll get to this level of stewardship and understanding because we've lost this. We've lost this. You know what's happened? We've started to live for this earth instead of eternity. We've started to act like it's ours, ours, ours. And Randy Alcorn in one of his books talks about the dot and the line. And I think the team can put that up. The dot represents this earth here, living for this earth. And the line represents eternity. And a steward says, I don't want to live for this short dot. That would be a waste to just live right there with me and mine and holding things. Instead, I want to live for the line of eternity. And I want to live saying, God, what more do you want me to funnel into your kingdom? What more do you want me to send forward into eternity? God, you own it all. You own it all. I'll be the middleman and I'll just keep funneling it forward. I believe one of the blessings on our church is because of our generosity towards missions, towards kingdom builders, our generosity with tithe, our generosity. It's just like we keep saying, I'll funnel it forward, God. What more do you want? And I pray that it will grow. This is a pivotal moment for us. I read this from the book, Money, Possessions, and Eternity. It says, transfer of title. Transfer of title. And it's understanding that God owns it all and you don't. And you're saying, I transfer title. And we will have this out on social media. You can print it. You can get it. I, I, I just saw this and I wanted to close with this statement. Transfer of title. When you're a steward, you get this. It says, I hereby acknowledge God's ownership of me and all my money and all of my possessions and everything else I've ever imagined that belonged to me including my family and loved ones. Instead of seeing myself as the ultimate recipient, I will now see myself as God's delivery boy or girl 
enjoying what he intends me to keep, and distributing what he intends to go elsewhere. From this point forward, I will think of these assets as his to do with as he wishes. I will do my utmost to ask him and to prayerfully consider how he wishes me to invest his assets to further his kingdom. In doing so, I realize I will surrender certain temporary earthly treasures, but gain in exchange eternal treasures, as well as increased perspective and decreased anxiety. This is a transfer of title that you're saying, I'm stepping into the bucket. I'm stepping into the bucket. And I pray that many people will download it. You'll print it. You'll sign it. You'll put it somewhere to remember, God, you own it all. You own it all. My heart is changing. I transfer title. Call me wherever you want me to go. Send me wherever you want me to go. Whatever you want me to give, I generously funnel it to your kingdom. Lord, it's yours. I'm nothing more than a steward and a manager. It all belongs to you. I transfer title in Jesus' name. So God, I'm praying that right now we would step into the bucket. I'm praying that. I pray that we'd step into the bucket and we'd say, God, it's all yours. You own it. You own every bit of it. And we transfer title right now. And Lord, we'd be good stewards of everything. We'd say, how much more can I give? How much more can I do? Lord, it's yours. Lord, we just pray, God, that that would be our mentality. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It all belongs to you. We gave our lives to you. We stepped into the bucket. And I pray we'd live that way. May this be a breakthrough day for our church to understand we're stewards. We don't own our own lives, it's yours. We don't own these assets, they're yours. And for your glory and for your honor, we leverage them. We work for the well done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.